Happy New Year. Happy Chinese New Year. I'm going to just try to say Happy New Year. And um, forgive me if I messed it up for all my Chinese-speaking friends and Mandarin and uh, Cantonese. And I'm just going to try. I think Alma's back there. Alma, forgive me. Xing ni yin kila. No, I got the, the, the eyes, the eyes, yeah, so I, I know there's the other one. Oh, I'll work on that. Anyways, Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, I am excited about the future, uh, even though I can't pronounce Happy New Year, uh, but I'm excited because we got a new vision. The mission stays the same, but the vision changes when appropriate, when, when God led, uh, when God leads. And so the mission of our church is to glorify God by making disciples who love God passionately and their neighbor as themselves. Our vision here is Kamiki Christian Church will be a vibrant community where people connect, grow, and are empowered to follow Jesus. Last week we talked about that first part, connect. We want to connect with God and connect with others. And the idea of connecting with God we saw was that, that there is research out there that if you read the Bible at minimum four times a week and you engage in the Bible four times a week, <clears throat> you're going to grow spiritually. You're going to grow emotionally. You're going to find healing. You're going to find peace. It's, it's, it's just, it was just these numbers were astronomically off the charts on what happens when we engage with Scripture a minimum four times a week. Now, it doesn't mean it's like we hit four times and that's it. The goal is to keep reading it regularly and be in the Word regularly. So I'll just ask this rhetorical question. How did we all do reading the Bible this past week? How do we do with reading it every single day or four times? How do we do? And if you're saying, man, I totally forgot, or hey, I wasn't here, hey, no judgment. It's never too late to start. But if you want to get the message, just go online, get the message, and then kind of see, see uh, what, what we're talking about in terms of how, how powerful it is when we read scriptures. Um, on, on your way out, you could get this uh, booklet here. If you didn't get one last week, it's called Our Story and Vision. Here and, uh, and the beauty of this is it talks about the history of our church from 1909 when it started as a, uh, a, a, as a Sunday school. We've always had a high value and high love for our keiki here. And then it goes all the way to how God has led uh, our church. We've always been a trailblazing church. And, and uh, it talks about all the story, a lot of the stories. And there's pictures in there and, and all that. And then it talks about the future, where we're going. But also in the back, there's a section here for notes. And if you would, um, write down those God stories as you fulfill the vision, as you fulfill the mission, and God's doing things in your life, whether they're big things or small things, you might think it's something small, but that might be something big for you. You know, you, that might be something massive for you. Whatever it is, let's say you've read the Bible all week, put that in there because that's what we want to do. You have a conversation with someone about faith, put it in there. But use this as a reminder of what God is doing in and through you to live out the mission, to make disciples of all nations and to, uh, and, 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 and to fulfill the vision of connecting, growing, and empowering. So we're talking about growing today. And, 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 and talking about growing, the, the story that comes to mind is, is this parable in Mark chapter 4. 
when we talk about parables, a parable is a, is a story, but it's more than just a story. A parable is a story, like an ordinary story, that has a parallel spiritual meaning. It's an ordinary story that has a spiritual meaning connected with it. And here's what happens in Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and sat in it on the lake where all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went to sow his seed and he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky uh, places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop so multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus says, then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So let's look at this parable of growing. And can I have my strong friends, guys, help me with this here? Um, we're going to bring this up here and a little closer to you. You really did go out on this, man. <laughs> All right. All right, just two more services to go after this. So <laughs> we don't have to say fall. <laughs> All right, so... Just to explain what we got here, we have wet cement, so if you want to put your face in it afterwards, don't do that, but you can write your initials in it, I don't mind about that. Uh, so we have a path, everyone say path. path. All right, help me out here, path, this is a path. All right, then here we have the rocky places, say rocky places. <laughs> and here, y'all, you think these are wood chips, oh no, oh no, oh no, these are thorns, say thorns. If you think they're wood chips, you're way off. <laughs> and then this is the good soil. Say good soil. Yeah. All right, now we're going to talk about all of this too and, uh, and, and see, see what this has to do with growing and, and, and what, what, what Jesus was getting at. So here's what this parable is not about. Let's start with first what it's not about. It's not about the sower. It's not about the farmer that's just throwing things because if it was... Then you could ask questions like this. You could ask uh, why he threw some of the seeds on, uh, on, on the path, why he threw some of the seeds on the rocks there just for it to spring up quick and then, then wither down by the sun, or th throw some seeds here on the, on the thorns to be choked out by life. The, the, the story is not about the sower. The story is not even about the seeds. When it talks about seeds in this context, it's talking about the message of Jesus. It's talking about the word of God. It's talking about the things that Jesus is teaching the disciples and those listeners who are there. So, so it's not about the sower. It's not about the seeds. This parable is about us hearing and responding to the message of Jesus. This parable is about us hearing and responding to the message of Jesus. That's what this parable is about. If you get nothing else, understand this about hearing. Say hearing. hearing. 
huh? Hearing. You like that? Yeah. And responding to the message of Christ. In Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus says, listen, or he says, hear me. And then at the end of this parable, at the beginning, of the, at the end of the parable, in chapter, uh, verse 9, he says, let those who have ears, let them hear. So it's about hearing. It's about hearing and it's about doing. And every example that, the, that Jesus gives here, they hear. So for example, some seeds fell among the path here. And it fell among the path here, and, uh, and then, and then uh, birds came down and swooped up on the seeds and took the seeds. But what's interesting is the disciples asked Jesus later on, what does this parable even mean? Because they're like, whoa. And so Jesus explains the parable just a few verses later. But, but he says it's, it's Satan takes the seeds off of the path. And, uh, and then he goes on to explain, Jesus does, is that he says that there was no foundation, no support for these seeds. There is no accountability for these seeds. So, so you have these people who have no support, no foundation. They, they, they hear the word of God, but then the, the Satan, Satan will come in and take them away. Because one thing Satan does not want, the devil does not want for any of us to know the good news of Jesus Christ. That's one thing the devil for sure does not want. So, so he says like the seed that's, on the, uh, that's planted on the path. And then birds come in, he says, or in other words, Satan will come in and take that person off course. Then we have the rocks. Seeds fill on the rock. And, and then on these rocks here, the seeds fall, and then they start to sprout up quickly. They're like, whoa, man, because they, they, there's nutrients there. And then, and then the sun comes, and they wither away because there's no nutrients. Enough, there's not enough nutrients. There's not enough soil. There's not enough any of that stuff. So it just withers away, and the sun scorches it down. And so Jesus says, the, the, those who hear the words and who wither away are those who are excited about Jesus at first. They hear Jesus, and they're like, yeah, Jesus is amazing. Jesus is my Savior. Yeah, they're all excited, but, uh, but, but, but there's no foundation. And then, and then when life gets hard or when life throws us a curveball or when things get challenging, when things get daunting, what happens is we wither away. We hear it, but we wither away. And then Jesus says, some seeds fell among the wood chip thorns. <laughs> it's like a lot of dust over here. <laughs> so there's like thorns over there. And the seeds are on the thorns. And the thorns just take the seeds and just suck the life out of it. And, and Jesus says those who, uh, who, who are on the thorns, they get so consumed by living life for themselves. They get so consumed with trying to be successful by their own ideas, by their own uh, merits. That, that that's all they care about. And, and their desires were not on hearing and doing the word of God. Their desires were on being successful and making all this money for themselves. And he says, he says, uh, he says it's, like, it's, like, it's like then when life really hit them, the thorns just came around and they didn't know what to do. Then he says, some fell on the good soil. And these seeds that fell on the good soil produce a bumper crop. The good soil is us hearing the word of God, hearing the message of Jesus and putting it into practice. 
When we hear the words of Jesus, when we read the words of Jesus, when you and I put them into practice, Bible says that we will bear fruit. We will bear much fruit. And so we're in this good soil here. We're hearing the word and we're applying it and we will bear much fruit. And that's the point of this parable is that we should hear the word and hearing of the word should translate into action. James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes in James chapter 1, verse 22, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Look at that verse. Do not merely listen to the word. Don't merely just read the Bible. Don't merely just hear the words of Jesus, but do what Jesus says. And remember that we could be in any of these you know, situations here. We could be hearing the word in, in this situation, this situation, this situation, but what we want to do as human beings is we want to be in the good soil because in the good soil there's protection, in the good soil there's nutrients, in the good soil we're going to be producing fruit, in the good soil there's health, in the good soil there's fulfillment. This is where we want to be because when life hits, if we're in any of these soils, we're not going to be able to withstand the storm. So our, our goal as followers of Christ, if we're going to grow in the Lord, is to hear the word of God and to do the word of God. Hear it and do it. It's putting into practice what Jesus wants us to do. And here is what's just phenomenal about the word of God. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. He wants us to know him. He wants us to live how he created us to live because, because he knows when the creation, you and I, live according to the creator's ways, then we live this life that we're designed to live. And when we live that life, that's what we call life to the fullest. And so part of growing spiritually is, is growing in the Lord, and it's, and it, and it's learning, and it's, it's maturing. Luke chapter 2, verse 52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with man. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in wisdom with man. Jesus was always growing. Jesus was learning. People were so amazed at what Jesus was learning. He never stopped learning. He was in the temple as a young boy, and the rabbis were like, oh my gosh. And since Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and humankind. That is just a phenomenal statement because, because it's showing us that Jesus continued to grow. Jesus didn't stay stagnant, but he wanted to do the will of his Father. And so as we talk about growing spiritually, part of growing spiritually is growing relationally. Last week we talked about living the life God has called us to live. Living the life God has called us to live. In fact, we talked about that we're created in the image of God, that there's something relational about the image of God, that we could relate with God and we could relate with others. And being in relationship means we grow and mature in the Lord and we mature in relationships. Here's what Ephesians 4 Verse 15 to 16 says, We will grow to become in every respect the mature body 
of Christ. The mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in the Lord as each does its work. But, but we are to become in every respect the mature body of Christ. You and I are called to become mature in the Lord. And then Jesus gives us this greatest, the, the greatest commandment. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? Matthew chapter 22. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Wow. The first part of the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love the Lord your God. But if we're honest, when it comes to loving God, sometimes that's difficult. We think about our lives. Think about maybe past trauma in our lives. Think about how we were brought up. Sometimes it's difficult for us to have an intimate relationship with God because of things that have happened. Sometimes we have a bad theology about God. We think God is angry or mad or frustrated at us. And when we talk about theology, we're just talking about things we think about God. And so when we talk about um, the reasons of why it's hard to love God. We have to first be honest with ourselves. Is it difficult for us at times to love God? And if the answer is yes, then we have to ask the question, be honest with ourselves and with God, because he already knows, and say why. There's a, a great Christian book that is called God Attachment, and I like this book because it talks about how growing up with our primary caregivers affects and has a correlation between how we connect with God. So, so with our parents, our primary caregivers, our grandparents, whoever it was, our relation with them, there's a correlation with our relationship with God. And this book, God Attachment, by these two Christian psychologists, talk about why that is, how that is, why we feel the way we do about God, why we act the way we do about God, and then it gives ways of how we could have a, a life that is free to know God personally and on an intimate level. So once we love God and, and we work on a relationship with God, we're always working on a relationship with God. We want a healthy relationship with God. The second part is we got to work on our relationships with others. Working on a relationship with others is difficult. Just in case you didn't know, people are difficult. I'm difficult, believe it or not. And I have issues, believe it or not. And I rub people the wrong way, believe it or not. Just don't ask anybody in the front row there. <laughs> and so we all have these issues in our lives. And, 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 and there's a famous book that says, Hurt People, Hurt People. That's the title, Hurt People, Hurt People. And isn't that true? When we're hurt, we hurt others, right? So why do we do that? And there's, there's a, a great resource by another Christian psychologist called The DNA of Relationships. And what this book does, I mentioned it before, but this book is great because it looks beneath the surface of why we're always arguing with others, why we're always fighting with others, why we're always in that same cycle of arguing. Why are we always doing that? This is a great book. Other than the cover, everything about the book is great. 
What were they thinking? <laughs> but 250,000 copies sold, so I mean, I guess they did something right. So, um, so that's our goal, is we want to become healthy with God, and we want to become healthy with others. And, and, and there's something also to understand, is that we don't have to have everything figured out before we go and serve God. We don't have to have, like, the perfect relationship with God, and then the perfect relationship with others, then we can serve. No, God takes us where we are, how we are, however messed up we are, and he says, go, go and serve. I, I, you know, I'm going to continue to bring you redemption and healing. Here's what Titus chapter 2 uh, says in verses 1 to 8. Paul is encouraging Titus to create an atmosphere where mentoring is commonplace. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith and love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you. As our relationship with God strengthens, as our relationship with others strengthens, that puts us in a position to mentor others. That puts us in a position to disciple others, to care for others, to love others, to help them grow deeper in their relationship. As we set the example for them, we bring them alongside this. And as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And so Paul is telling Titus, have your, your men and women in your church there to set the example and, and mentor them, care for them, invest in them. And that's my hope for all of us here is that we continue to know God, continue to work on our relationship with him, continue to work on our relationship with others, and then take others on our side, you know, underneath our wings and pour our lives into them. Can you think of one person or two people or three people you're investing your life into? That's one way we grow spiritually is by investing our lives into others. So let's pass down the legacy of Jesus to this up-and-coming generation. And as we grow spiritually, as we go re grow relationally and intellectually, we'll have to remember that there is a balance there's a balance between these things because it can't, it's not like we could have all the spiritual stuff and none of the intellect stuff or, or all the relationship stuff. And there's, there's a balance there. Peter says in, in 2 Peter 1, verse 5 to 9, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Add to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. 
For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being infected and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. It seems here what we're seeing is there's a balance. We always want to grow in our relationship with God in all these different areas. But there is a balance there. And finding that balance is not always easy. And then the last part is we want to grow intellectually. We want to know about God. We want to know about God here. You know, we're to love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And so we want to love God with all of our mind. We want to love him intellectually. We want to know. And how do we do that? Well, last week we talked about reading the Bible. And the beauty about the Bible is that the more we read it, the more we know and the more we learn and the more uh, inspiration we get. So we read the Bible, we read books on the Bible, we take education classes, we have a class of 10 that signed up for this, the leadership class that I'm teaching, started this past week, and, and we do things like that. We, there's resources uh, all over the place. If you go on our website, there's resources for all sorts of different uh, areas of life, wherever you are. Just go to KaimiKeyChristian.org, and there's so many resources for you to grow in your knowledge of God. We want to have a good theology a good doctrine, and we want to know God, and we want to have a grace-filled heart as we go and learn about God. Now, <laughs> I've said a lot. I feel like I've covered a lot in a little bit of time, so I'm sorry about that. But I'm excited about the vision. The band's going to come, but as the band comes and your program's there, pull out the action step there. Because we have an action step there, and in this action step, there's a, a Bible passage I'd like you to read and reflect on, and then there's just a paragraph, a little commentary on that passage there to uh, give you some insight to that passage. But what I want to focus on right now is the three bottom action steps there. Just like last week, we had action steps. This week, we have action steps as well. Let me just recap some of the things we've talked about. We've touched on the importance of hearing God's word and obeying him. That is the importance of living out our faith. We've touched on the importance of becoming healthy spiritually and relationally. We've, we've touched on the importance of not only reading the Bible, but also studying the Bible, knowing God's word. But the question is, as, as, we're, as I'm just sharing with this, what has God been pressing on your heart for you to do? For you to say, this is my action step this week. This is my action step to add on to what I was doing last week. So maybe you started reading the Bible last week. That's great. What, what is it this week? What can we continue doing to grow in the Lord? What can we continue to do to fulfill the vision God has given our church? What steps will you take? So just take 30 seconds or so, and whatever the first two thoughts come to your mind, just jot them down there on, on the paper in front of you or type them in your phone, email them to yourself or whatever you need to do, and, and just jot down those action steps. And as you're jotting those action steps down, also think of who you could talk to to hold you accountable with those action steps. 
Kaimi Key Christian Church will be a vibrant community where people grow, where people connect, grow, and are empowered to follow Jesus. What an exciting time to be here. Let's stand and let's respond in song.